Hi, everybody. Before we get going on the podcast this week, I just want to apologize. Um, the audio, I'm not quite sure what happened. Um, we kind of use the same setup we typically do when we're out on Tucker's porch recording. And for whatever reason this week, uh, I don't know if the Wi-Fi at his house was dropping or it's very choppy in certain sections. Uh, so the conversation doesn't necessarily flow and it sounds a bit robotic at times. Um, so I'm sorry about that. Um, hopefully we can uh, make sure that doesn't happen again in the future. Uh, but I appreciate you guys, uh, listening as always. So I just want to give everybody a heads up. Um, audio quality is not where we would like to be in certain segments of the discussion this week. I will welcome everybody to the podcast. We are back on Tucker's porch. So you're going to hear some Bugs, you're going to hear some yeah, cars. Late in the season, <laughs> you might hear some cicadas. Yeah, probably a lot of cicadas. It's actually really pretty. Um, but beautiful night here in Minnesota in the 70s, and yeah. why not sit outside and have a beer and <laughs> do a podcast? Yeah. So, again, this you know we're kind of going to this bi-weekly uh, approach just because there's more things that kind of come up over the course of a couple of weeks that, that we feel of interest, you know, is of interest to talk about, you know, these last couple of weeks as well. So... Um, last week, uh, I kind of teased at the end of the last podcast, but I went out to Road America again. Um, yes. With our buddy Dave and his son, uh, Jack, who... Uh, it was actually kind of cool. So Jack had signed up. They have two levels to the high-performance Yeah, I was going to ask, what was different about so, this experience? Yeah, so that that was the fun part. Well, one, it was I wasn't by myself. Yeah, you know, I knew true. somebody else in the course. But so so Jack was signed up to do the level one course, and uh, that was kind of all he was go- planning on doing. And then while they were there, Dave asked, like, "Hey, do you have any spots open in the level two course?" And they had had someone cancel, and so Jack got to do the level two course with all of us Sweet. as well. Um, Busy weekend for yeah yeah it was really fun so. Um, so he got to be out there on the big track because the level one course is all um, in kind of parking lot areas and then on their go-kart track, which is actually pretty sizable. Yeah. But being able to get out and do hot laps yeah. on, on the big well, course was really fun. Good, good, good for um, and, uh, and so I drove down on Tuesday morning, um, took a couple of days off from work for this, and I drove down on Tuesday morning, and then the course started at 1. And so I met... Dave and Jack for lunch, uh, and then we went over to the track, and and uh, it was just, it was so fun, man. We, just like last time, I actually, funny enough, I had the same, their lead follow laps on the big track, and the guy that I, the instructor I followed last time was the same guy yeah, I followed this time, sure, yeah, and yeah. he's a little bit crazy, <laughs> uh, and so. What was he driving? So they have C8, so okay. they had two C8 Corvettes, and then they had a Camaro uh, ZL1, which is like yeah. the, the track-oriented Camaro. Yeah. And so this was cool because <laughs> we, so it was really weird that the course only had six people in it total. It was really strange. So we, it was cool because we got a ton of close instruction with the instructors. There's three instructors for six people, basically. Wow. And so. That's what was it like the first time? Were there a lot more people? There were 12 people. Wow. So, so a difference. Yeah, so instead of doing three run groups on the big track of four cars each, it was just two cars per huh. run group. 
And That's so nice. me and Dave yeah. were in a run group with our instructor. Sweet. Um, the 911s. So the, yeah, the two 911s. And so we actually, <laughs> the way they do it, they do staggered starts. So a group goes out, and then maybe 30 seconds later, another group goes out. And so the, you know, in theory, you're not going to catch up with the group in front of you. Shouldn't. So uh, the. I suppose it depends on. It depends on the cars that are in the group, right? <laughs> yeah. So if it's like, yeah, if it's two like lower powered cars yeah, yeah, in front of you. Yeah. But, and I'll get to that because okay. <laughs> we, we uh, it did come up. Um, mm-hmm. So they told us where they went out on track. They're like, we're probably not going to go above 100 miles an hour. Um, you know, we want you to focus on technique. Breaking points, turn-ins, you know, your, your, the racing line, etc. Dave and I were like, okay, yeah, you know, makes sense. And, which, they had not said that the last time I was there, so I was like, that's kind of weird, but whatever. <laughs> but, luckily, I was with the instructor I was with, and, and he apparently did not get the memo. <laughs> and so, we were, yeah, we're, we were doing, anymore. like, 128 on the main straight, <laughs> and, and just, we were, awesome. we were flying. And, uh, you know, the first, the first, um, we, what we would do is we'd go out and we'd do about six laps and then come in. The instructor would kind of give us feedback and then we'd go out and do another six laps after, you know, did you, a 10 minute cool down. When you, just out of curiosity, when you went yeah. and started the day, <clears throat> presumably full tank of gas. Yeah. So after. So, yeah. So you start the day with yeah. a full tank of gas. But there's a, a dinner break before the big track session. Okay. When they encourage everyone to go fill up again. Okay. So, um, I filled up. We went and filled up again. So I was actually the. My, I was surprised. My car. Dave's car after the laps were done. I think he was down to a quarter tank or something, something like that. I saw a half tank. Weird. Uh, and a bunch of the other people in the group were like near empty. One of the guys had to pull off. With a couple laps left, sure, because sure. he was like going to run out of gas. Um, so I don't know. Did, you know, it actually got is, reasonable gas. The funny thing is, there is an option in the 911 to like an extended add. range tank. Mine doesn't have an extended range tank because the extended range tank is 23 gallons. It has like a 16 or 17 gallon tank. I I, I joke. Well, I joked with the group. I said, is, you, is you guys it, didn't realize how fuel efficient that you. I wonder is it I wonder man it's it was curious. weird it, it was, was weird obviously that you know engines probably bored differently and yeah it's it's the, well the funny thing was it's maybe kind of like a jet engine and yeah your engine is meant it's to meant perform for that. at yeah. that level whereas right. maybe like you it's know, not as stressed when it's being put through its more paces, of a street version other, of yeah. a 911 or some other car is yeah. kind of like oh you know we're we've designed this engine to you know, mm-hmm. efficiently convey you from, you know, Madison right. or to the yeah, Twin wherever. Cities and, and do it in a way that's not... Whereas the RS is like, you can live at 8,500 all day, and, and that's okay what it's meant that. That's probably, yeah. presumably, the difference. I don't know. But it was funny, because uh, so I, the, uh, I didn't know the range estimate that it gives you when, you know, it tells you, like, oh, you have 324 miles of, of range fuel on this, yeah, tank of gas. That's dynamic based on your driving style. So, when I filled up the car the next day, it said I had like 120. <laughs> yeah, well, well, welcome to the world that you. And <laughs> as I was driving, as I was driving back to, to town, sure. like the mileage was going up yeah. as my fuel tank was getting lower. All right, you're not driving. Like, cool like, yeah. So Dave has track driving experience, Porsche driving school down in Birmingham, Alabama. It's 
he's very good. He's a very good driver. And so we're keeping up with each other really well. And the instructor could tell, basically after the first six laps we did, he was like, I don't really have much feedback for you guys. Like, you guys, You're hitting your, you guys were yeah. following me really well, keeping up. Like, the lines, you guys' lines look really good in my rearview mirror. Like, I don't, I can't really give you a whole lot of negative feedback. Uh, and so we're like, let's just keep rocking let's, it. Yeah, enjoy uh, the day. And so it, uh, it has a really long main straight. Yeah. But then there's a back swell that's pretty long as well. So you can get around yeah. yeah to the back straight and we've caught up with them and so they pulled to the side and let us go by, by <laughs> or do that and i think that'd, that'd be, be really terrible it'd, it'd be terrifying i'm a and terrible think, passenger though that's where yeah, I no, it's, it's irate it's one of those things where you i don't I, I mean i like to go fast but i don't like roller coasters because i'm in control like I, I like <laughs> going fast when I'm in control, and it makes me. I would, I would otherwise. really be curious, though. I would be curious what your, if you were to take, like, let's say right now, like I think I know the car, yeah, getting a feel for its limits, and yeah. then they took you out in the car, and it, and it was like I, I didn't even, know I didn't know that, that, that was possible. This. That's because <laughs> I think I kind of, I know I'm pushing it as hard as I can. I feel. But like, I know like, that it's probably got another 40, 30%, 40% to give <laughs> because I'm kind of a baby. I do not I'm blame gonna, you. You don't yeah. want to put it into the wall. Well, like, you know? Even with track day insurance, which I had, even with you know an instructor showing me the proper line and proper speed, I'm yeah, still... I agree with you. you know, I'm still nervous. I would rather take that drive in uh, one of the cars that day. No, Going yeah. five miles an hour faster around a corner? No, like it was... Incredibly yeah, fun. yeah, yeah, super and, engaging. And cool. anytime you get to, for me, anytime you use um, a tool or, or or something for its intended purpose, beautifully, yeah, it's yeah, very satisfying. Yeah, yeah, yeah. no, yeah, <laughs> that's exactly it. Yeah, you know, yeah. like you drive around here, you drive around town or out on the back roads, and you know you can never drive it that hard. In my opinion, in a in a yeah, responsible yeah. way. Yeah. I was going to ask you. Um, so, what's the status of the tires? So, um, they look okay, but my plan is. So, I was actually going to ask you if you wanted to go to this, but Imola um, Motorsports <clears throat> has a uh, their open house in in September seventeenth. Okay. And I'm going to go up. To that, that's probably the last. That's the Hurrah. only car event I have left on kind of my calendar for the year, and then it's going to be going into the garage. Yeah. Other than that, other than that, it's just going to be little drives around back roads. <clears throat> but then when it comes out in the spring, and I take it up to the cities to get work, you know, to get the routine maintenance done on it, I'm just going to have them. I'm probably going to order tires over okay. the spring and have them shipped to the cities because they've. I've heard for the Cup 2s, some people say you're going to get eight to 10,000 miles out of them. Other people say you're not going to get more than five if you're using them how you should. Um, you're probably which, somewhere maybe in I'm between. I'm probably in between because that car now has 36 hot laps at Road America on it. Um, so, I mean, that's not nothing. Yeah. And, 
and the car and the tires have a total of around fifty four hundred miles on them. Yeah, I think. yeah, 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 yeah. So I think she's probably they're probably some good use out of them. Yeah. Right, and but by the I'm going to be very close to six thousand miles on those tires by the time I'm probably putting it away from the season. So I think that's fair. You yeah. know, they've been on the car for a couple of years. I've driven it. You know, He's spiritedly, used I've yeah. used it. So. Um, I'm probably replacing them. Interesting. But, but that being said, I didn't feel like I didn't feel like they were getting slippery. I didn't. I didn't. I had great grip on throughout every single lap. Um, you know, I wasn't getting squirrely in, in sure, corners yeah. and stuff. There were a couple corners where I actually thought I was going to get loose. Like those last six laps, the last set we did, he was he was really right. on it. And I was like, I don't think I can carry the speed to this corner. And, but it just, it, it's one of the things I really enjoy about doing that is like, you realize the limits of the car. I said this the first time I did it, like, it was like, it just grips. It just mm-hmm. held. And I'm like, and no tail waggle, nothing. I didn't have to have any opposite lock to correct. Like, it just stuck. Weird. It's just like holy crap. Man. Yeah, yeah. You're just like this, this is like physics. physics. Yeah, it's just a, it <laughs> is. It's like warm, warm tires are warmed up, yeah. and and the way this thing a is nice set up, downforce aero kit. Well, yeah. I mean, right. Porsche knows what they're doing. GMG, who tweaked the suspension before I I got the car, they know what they're doing. Like they run a yeah. freaking you know endurance team. So like. It's so fun to do. I really love doing it. Do you think you'd go back? I mean, even though at this point, at that level I two think, course, you'd kind of get the... I think if I went back, I would do... So their next level is like a kind of intro to uh, kind of amateur racing kind of course where you learn, you're on track with other amateur drivers, but you don't have an instructor. But they teach you before you got on track etiquette, proper course etiquette, you know, how to wave somebody by if they're faster than you. All that sort of, like, if you want to start doing track days, this is the kind of class you should take. Gotcha. So that's the next level. I might do that. But it's just a it's a value proposition. Like, do I really want to take this car and do a bunch of track days? It'd be awesome. But now you're getting into, I need to, yeah. if I don't want to rack up a bunch of miles, I've got to get a trailer for it to transport it to tracks like Brainerd yeah. or out to Road America. I've got to, you know, get the wife to sign off on consumables budget because you're going through tires. You're going to need brake fluid changes. You're going to need oil changes more than your routine maintenance. Yeah. Um, And you're going to have to look into track day insurance. So there's a company I looked. (laughs) This is fun. I don't think I told you about this. So there's a company that offers... Now, I've been dr- buying individual track day insurance policies for the two courses I've done, which are not cheap. It's typically about a 1% of the cost of the car, which in a Miata is, is doable. Manageable. You know, in a GT3 RS, <laughs> not, not cheap. And, but there's a company that uh, offers basically a policy. So you can buy a year-long policy, and it covers you. You can do... 60 track days, you're going to be completely covered. Uh, it doesn't matter how many track days you do. You're just, it's like a blanket policy. I looked to see, <laughs> I looked at, I just got an estimate to see how much it was. And the deductible was like $600 a month. 
It's like, oh my god. <laughs> like, which, nice I, I get it. On a very nice sports car, I get yeah. why it's so expensive. Because they're like, this guy's going to be tracking it. If they track it Shit a lot, happens. shit's going to happen. Break and somebody in front, you know, break oil, it, it, could, leak. it may not even be your fault. So, yeah. But uh, I was just like, so then you're talking about, like, now you're talking about another car payment's worth of cost a month. If you, if you amortize the maintenance costs as well, you're talking about another very nice car payment a month in just tracking the thing. It's like, at that point, honestly, what I would do, if I wanted to do this more, I wouldn't do, I wouldn't take that. I would buy a, you know, a Honda S2000 with some miles on it or, yeah. or something like that or a Nissan 350Z or something. Track prep it mm-hmm. for SCCA racing, roll cage in it, etc. And then just take that. Yeah. Because so. if that gets dinged up, if that gets dented, it's not I don't care. It's, yeah, it's what's that, there for. That's smart. Yeah, interesting. Uh, okay, so, so yeah, so you might go back, but it'd probably be f- more for kind of like the learning you know, course. What yeah. I what I am planning on doing, and Emily's already signed off on this, is next year uh, I'm gonna sign. I'm gonna do the horse driving school that Dave did in Alabama. Cool, very yeah. nice. So the nice thing with that is it's not your car. <laughs> so you're you're on a what Davis said is a very nice track um, in Birmingham, and you're driving their cars. Cool. So you know, ultimately, it's not cheap. But when you yeah, compare well, the cost, yeah. and you say, okay, I don't have to pay for track day insurance. I don't have to pay for tires. I don't have to pay for tires. I don't have to pay for fluid changes. Fluid changes. It actually is not that big a difference. Maybe they'll give even you, even maybe, when you maybe, factor in the flight and hotel. Maybe they'll give you breakfast. Yeah, well, you, yeah, the, the, there's a hotel that, that they recommend that's nice. But even when you factor in the flight and hotel and the yeah. course cost, it's not. Well, yeah, and it's a fun experience. It's just an enjoyable That's the thing. I'm not going to do it every year. You know, I, like I've, I've kind of, Emily has been cool about it, and she is pretty much down to sign off on like one car thing a year, like one big car thing a year. Yeah, yeah, yeah. yeah, um, yeah. <laughs> and so that's probably my big car thing. And then maybe in a couple of years, I've been talking to Dave and one of our other buddies at work about doing a a, a rally driving school Ooh, in a couple of years. That'd be fun. Yeah. Um, <laughs> which I've heard those are the best to learn about car control because, like, yeah, what I've no been doubt, doing, I agree. Yeah, what I've been doing is all about grip driving, and if yeah. you get the tail out, you did something wrong. And in rally, the tails out. The tails out, <laughs> and and then it's controlling. This, yeah, yeah, controlling. Cool, and very cool. So that's kind of. 2023 is going to be probably the Porsche driving school. <laughs> 2024 will probably be something like Dirt Fish Sweet. Rally School up in up in Oregon um, or Washington, everywhere it is. It's up in the Pacific Northwest. But just doing something fun each, you know, yeah, car related cool, each year. Yeah, very cool. To look forward Sweet. To. So, anyways, so it was a wonderful time. Road America is there's a reason it's considered one of the best racetracks in the country. It's amazing. Yeah. Um, you know, there's one other kind of cool thing. Uh, so when I, I walked in the hotel the night after the the night after the course, the coming weekend there was a GT World Challenge I think event like an endurance racing thing, and I walk in and there are two guys coming in behind me and they had seen me getting out of my car, and the guy one of the guys goes is that your RS and I was like yeah he's like oh cool I've got one too, and. Uh, the guy next to, and they both have like GT World Challenge shirts on, and like 
Sweet. And so they they were um, one of them was the driver, one was the team owner <laughs> of this team, and they were campaigning Sweet. a a uh, Supra GT3 car. Sweet. That uh, was very yeah. cool. And so I, I was talking to them for a while, but the the team owner, even though they're campaigning a Supra, he they're from California. He owns a a Porsche restoration shop. And uh, so very he gave me his card cool. and we were chatting. Very and, cool. and so we just kind of <laughs> chatted at the front desk for a bit and super nice guys. But it was just kind of one of those like cool <laughs> interactions, you know, and they were 100%. asking about the car yeah, and yeah. 100%. what I was there for. And so <laughs> that is very cool. It was just very like cool. a cool car guy yeah, moment. Yeah, you know? yeah, yeah. Um, but uh, I saw this card actually. Um, <laughs> Sweet. So That's it was that cool. was fun. But um so yeah that that was that was kind of you know the big thing i did last week and and i took the i was telling you i took the car basically made an appointment at the detailer yeah yeah, <laughs> and yeah, i yeah. took it straight there <laughs> get all the bug gun and dude yet. it was so, like the the so the owner of the detail shop kind of met me outside and we we're chatting and his like head detail guy came out and was looking it over and He's like, oh man, and he looked. I didn't notice, but like on the drive back, I picked up like six or seven grasshoppers in the oh, front sure. mesh, yeah, 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 yeah. and he was just like, oh man, you got you got a lot of bugs. I was like, that's why I brought him, man. Like, I didn't want to mess with all this. <laughs> yeah. And it had like tire rubber on the back, yeah, quarter yeah, panels yeah, and yeah, stuff. Yeah, so, yeah, yeah. Um, but they did an amazing job, like as they yeah. always do. They fixed it up, and <laughs> so it looks looks good. It does. Me, I so. can adjust. It's looking good. Um, but. Uh, I wanted to, so I've been doing a lot of talking, but I want to kind of throw the ball into your court a bit because your expertise is, is a bit greater than mine with the EV stuff. Kind of news broke mm-hmm. of some changes at Rivian, Yeah. which we're both Rivian fans, I think. Like, you're you're interested in the R1S. I think they make, like, a really beautiful product with R1T. Yeah, yeah. And the yeah, R1S yeah. is, like, interesting to me, too, is, like, yeah. a potential yeah. future daily driver kind of car. And so this week they... <clears throat> This past week, they announced the base level trim of the R one of the R one T is being discontinued. I guess due yeah. to, due to shortages in supply chain and whatnot. Yeah, and so they're only making the higher end models, the higher end trim models, and they've told existing people that have reservations in that haven't had their build done yet. They basically told them either you opt for the higher trim level or we're kicking you off the list. And I, I told you, like, we're, we went out to lunch yesterday, and I, I told you, I was like, I'll be so pissed. Yeah. If I've had a res- <clears throat> reservation for two or three years because I believe yeah. in this company, I want to support what they're doing, <clears throat> and they say, you got to spend 8000 more dollars or, you know, get the hell out. Yeah. You it's, know? you know, I remember being on that forum when the uh, price hike hit mm-hmm. and what you talked about before where they basically were like they upped the price on everybody and there was By a shit lot. storm <laughs> and then they said long, actually right. we'll honor the price the existing price for people that had reservations already and it was like i i don't even know 100 pages of just this is vitriol <laughs> yeah yeah and uh honestly you know i haven't been on the <clears throat> forum in a while because I kind of got the sense that the SUV 
at least it felt like it was kind of vaporware. Sure. And I was like, you know, what I'm seeing is a recurring pattern here. This this is this is going to be a long time before this thing like before, becomes like, a yeah. Real I mean, may, they might start doing some <clears throat> deliveries here and there, like in kind of like the end of the year. Mm-hmm. But um, you know, for us, I was, so I, so I haven't really been on the on that forum a whole lot lately. Just kind of was like, I'll probably see it in main news sites that they're finally starting some deliveries, and then I'll jump back in and get caught up. Yeah, at that point. But um, so I, I haven't <clears throat> I haven't delved through that thread. I'm sure it's probably a very similar reaction. Yeah, I think a lot of people had. You know, had spec'd that option because already these things were kind of like they're expensive already. Yeah, they were probably pushing the limit. I mean, a lot of so people. I spec'd one up the other day, and there's not actually not a lot of options. No, there's not. So I did right. a pretty conservative, conservative spec, and it was like 103 grand. Yeah. And that's the thing, you know, a lot of people that were enthusiastic about that. Well, it's kind of like similar with the 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 Ford Lightning. It's like took a big. You know, price jump as well. Right. Yeah. And like you were telling the other day, it's true. Like they're just, they're just not expensive. No, and I think you're not. You're not. Well, and then um, so, anyways, there's there's that piece of the puzzle, and then there's the the kind of double whammy for a lot of these people as well as the tax situation. Remember? Yeah, I want to get more into this. Yeah, this you know, this was with the reason. Yeah, the infrastructure and. and of this thing, and obviously, as it's gone through conditions over like the past year, it's changed mm-hmm. what qualifies, doesn't qualify. And um, the, the, the problem right now is a lot of these just won't qualify for this credit because they're too expensive. Mm-hmm. The, the, the restrictions on what the vehicle can cost are. Um, they're not. I don't think they're unreasonable, but like these just tend to cost way more I was than that. And, about, and I was talking I, about that to my wife. Like the EVs that I find interesting yeah. because they're nice or they're sporty. They're, yeah. they're six-figure cars. I think there was like a July that said there might be there's like a, actually like a handful of vehicles on sale that even meet those required. Probably like a Chevy Bolt. Yeah, like, maybe the Mach. Maybe yeah. like maybe it's like lower spec. Yeah. yeah. So I think like when you look at the folks that you know were excited about this and obviously mm-hmm. like excited about it half a decade ago. Yeah. And and it's like okay, it's going to be whatever, and and there's a nice tax credit. Like this is totally doable for me. Right now it's like they're yeah, priced out push a hundred mm-hmm. and I think it's just more expensive. Right. People's wages have. That. And that's a so, big, big, like, like that thousand dollar is a really. It's a lot. It's, it's a lot of money. Although, going from eighty six to ninety six is one thing. Like that, that's. It's also but going a from lot. 96 feels different. Oh, 100. <laughs> <laughs> I agree. And it's also a company that has a car before. Right. Well, it's and, like I was telling you on the back from. Yesterday, like I'm interested in Rivian. Where do I take it? Fix like that. Well, that's a question. And I was just talking to a friend of mine, friend of, a mutual friend of mine, who was interested and potentially interested in one. But 
was also nervous about is this company going to be around? Like, cause, as we were talking at, at lunch the other day, you know, Rivian is navigating a world that's very different from, like, I think when Tesla navigated the world, you know, mm-hmm. these were more, it wasn't a huge crunch because not everybody was trying to make electric cars, so there wasn't a big lithium crunch, there wasn't a freaking crosshair crunch, there wasn't crazy inflation. Yeah. And so I do understand from a, a company perspective, like, you know, okay, we've got to keep the boat afloat. And how we're doing that is got to raise prices and then we're discounting these cheaper options but it's also like you're making your market more niche and if you're if your goal is to d- deliver a product to the masses if they're you know is the plan i think is to offer level yes, of right. review yeah they all say we're going to come out below two hundred thousand dollars fifty thousand dollar car but then we must make cheaper stuff Normal people can afford. Yeah, yeah, and, and they don't. Yeah, I mean, it's, it's, like the model and the model three are getting toward that at least, and that's the problem. And I and I do think, at least in this environment where you know part part of think it's got to be of well, you know, we wanted safety features, we wanted safety, and so there were bells whistles that went into. The, but I think also part of it was. Borrowed money is cheap, right? And borrowed money is not quite as cheap as it used to be, right? And uh, you know, mortgage isn't as cheap as it used to be. Nothing is as cheap as yeah, it yeah. used to, be. right? Yeah. And so I, I, I worry a little bit for these. So company like Volkswagen, Ford, who program it for eleven hundred horsepower, yeah, six hundred, yeah, yeah, we can do that. You we, know, we add so, one motor to an axle. You know, yeah. they can trade the profit there to mass produce and drive. Them costs on like more economy versions mm-hmm. and probably slot in that price range where people will get tax credits and then you know and kind of take off mm-hmm. but a company like Rivian and some of these startups like I I don't know how they're going to I wonder how much I wonder how much these smaller EV startups were banking on the tax credit to help get people into their yeah, cars sure. you know it's kind of not great behind you know the scenes in, in the boardroom with yeah with that well, and Rivian doesn't have, to my knowledge, like like someone like Lucid is probably going to live on because they've got investment from like the Saudi, um, uh, I for, it's like the public fund. I forget what sure, they call yeah, it, but it's yeah. basically their public investment fund. Sure. And so, you know, they've got serious backers. Yeah. I don't know that Lucid necessarily has the the real heavy hitter backers. Yeah, I mean, they've got, big, Rivian, have you they got a big, you know, this? Amazon order, but it sounds like Amazon, can't remember if I remember, like, diversifying that order to some extent. Yeah. You know, Ford kind of backed them, but it sounded like they kind of pulled back on the right, yeah, they, as well. Well, that yeah, initially they were talking about, you know, they were going to be married a little bit to where you could maybe bring a Rivian to a Ford deal and get it serviced, et cetera, and then yeah. Ford kind of decided they are going to do their own thing. I think I think the point is in in my mind, you know, if I was a billionaire and could just like blow money up and didn't it didn't, it didn't really matter, matter, I probably would still buy one. Mm-hmm. But I'm a little bit nervous right now um, that the value of that car, if they don't survive this, is not going to. You really would have no. to commit to it. But like you said, 
even if you said, all right, well, hell, I'll just drive it for 13 years and amortize it over 13 years and right. kind of like say, not great, but what? Yeah. But, you know, who's going to fix this thing up? Um, you need a new battery pack or... Yeah, or uh, something goes... goes know, or you just, need updates or whatever. Yeah, it, it's like, from my experience with owning the e-tron and the Audi e-tron and the, the Porsche Taycan, that like knows how to and mm-hmm. we started mostly not on the car side we started on the software side but mm-hmm. you know a company that doesn't have experience producing cars you know reading online about alignment issues and all this stuff it's mm-hmm. like you know I, I just because Tesla did it mm-hmm. I, I don't think that means that everybody's everybody going to get away with it, it. Now, it, it kind of reminds me a bit of I read this really wonderful book on the history of cars, and the thing that's really striking is when you read about cars in the 1910s, 1920s, 1930s, the sheer number of manufacturers that were in the U.S. I'm sure some of them were making really compelling automobiles, but there were external factors you know the 1930s obviously the stock market crash great depression like they died off yeah not because they made a shitty car but because they just the the market forces were not there for them and and i wonder if pandemic supply chain related issues inflation etc ends up picking off some of these automakers that make i mean the rivian r1t to me is a very compelling product the reviews are phenomenal um but, you know, if they don't have the capital, like, well, yeah, I was reading I mean, about some of their cash burn. Yeah, in, that's, that's in what, recent quarters. That's our, I mean, yeah. it's in the billion. My friend was saying. And I think the thing I realized with those press reviews as, as well is it's like none of those people actually live with the car. No, they're driving like, it on some they, off-road They all have rave or, reviews about the Taycan, and they all have, have rave reviews about the Audi e-tron. Right. But they didn't live with those cars for two years and right. like, have to deal with it. And yeah. Like I've always said to you, you know, you want to know where things are at with cars, like go on to their forums. Yeah. And you'll know. Yeah, you'll know what the issues are. <laughs> yeah. I mean, people and it might complain. be over-representative. It, it's probably true. You're going to... Probably the more important thing in the message is the Taycan and the e-tron mm-hmm. is there was always a place that could fix it. Yeah, and they would work hard to fix it, and mm-hmm. they got it fixed. Right. Whereas, so like when you're looking at these startups, you're you're, you know, we've talked about this before. I'm I'm sure. Well, that, even with Tesla, people are waiting. Yeah. Well, and and also, you know, fixed. like, right? This is a new car. It's not like there's mechanics that have been working on these for ten years. Yeah. And so there's a lot of people learning new things. Here. I've heard even with like, uh, I've heard some stories about Mustang. Uh, the Mach E. Oh, yeah. You know, four dealers are like. It's the same thing we it's went not through a with the e-tron. Yeah. yeah. It's like, well, that guy is our only guy and, and he's on he, vacation. He quit. Right. He yeah. quit. He, yeah, yeah. <laughs> or he's um, on vacation so or he got COVID. We do? <laughs> well, we'll call you. We'll figure it out. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. I mean, they're. they're uh, and, and basically, I, so, anyways, the summary is I'm very enthusiastic about them. Mm-hmm. Would I be entertaining, and I said this to my wife, would I be entertaining a Rivian if Volkswagen said, you want an electrified Atlas right. with 380 miles? I probably wouldn't entertain the Rivian. Right. Even, even though like I'm excited about them and want yeah. them to do well, it's like, 
I'm at a point now with you know a kid and being busy. I honestly, frankly, it I just want work. shit to work. That's work. a vehicle. Yeah. I don't care. It's not. It's it's, it's nothing really magical. Yeah. yeah, it's a utility vehicle. I just need it to work. Yeah, I do right. not want headaches with that. Yeah, car. this is not your fun weekend car. This <laughs> yeah. is not the, the. So I, I honestly said to said to her, I was like, you know, if we're gonna buy this, mm-hmm. I think the Tycon would have to go because I can't I can't have multiple problem children. Yeah, I can't <laughs> yeah. have a Tycon, a BMW two thousand two, and a You would have all problems children <laughs> in your garage. Yeah, my Ford truck would be the only thing. Your Ford truck. Yeah, yeah. You're like this. This beater Ford truck that I had no intention of keeping is, is the most reliable solid. car yeah, in the most reliable car. Yeah, and the fleet. Yeah. No, I. I mean, and oh. also the cheapest. Part. Yeah. Oh yeah. Putting putting aside all the all yeah. the concerns I have about charging infrastructure, ignoring all that, I fundamentally and I don't have any love for dealerships. Don't get me wrong, but it's if I know if I have an issue with whether it's my dryer, my sink, my car, I want to know who I can yeah. call to get it fixed. And if I don't have confidence that I I do have that available to me, I'm going to be very nervous about purchasing that product. Well, and I've already, you know, we've, at least with the e-tron, you know, we had local support, which was very close. Yeah. With the Tycon, it's a... Uh, it's a bit of a drive. Two-hour drive. But I will say this, and this is probably going to be true of Rivian as well, if they can kind of survive this compression phase of high inflation, shortages, prices going up. Mm-hmm. I did, we did, you know, we had hiccups with the e-tron early on, and then it kind of hit a plateau. Mm-hmm. And honestly, the same has been true of, of the Tycon. Yeah. It's, um, I had issues in the beginning, and frankly, some of those issues were just... <clears throat> You know, dealership inflicted when yeah. when they went to update software. Right, but you had but some minor some, issues, but then you had like the braking issue, which was pretty. Yeah, freaky. that was kind of weird, and they got that resolved. That's been rock solid. So I mean, it really has kind of hit cruising altitude, and there's a yeah. big software update out that that people are really having good experience with. They're really oh, that's like, good. they're like for for us who are the 2020 owners are like this makes it. A new car really the wow. 2023 people who got that software to begin with are like yeah a couple minor tweaks and they're like mm-hmm. yeah it's nice yeah but i mean for for me having invested that amount of money into an ev it's nice to well and that was your, had the report and that was your expectation and that was your expectation too, yeah well, like it was it was like it, it was my expectation but i kind of also recognized that that company had no, no history of doing yeah. that Right. It's always if been you want the twenty twenty three experience, you buy the twenty twenty three. You just car. spend another hundred grand. Right. And yeah. it's like not not gonna do that. Yeah, right. Every three years. Right. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. I mean so. it's it's a new world they're having to adapt to, but it's not, I mean it's it's promising if they're struggling. I, to do so that, anyways, though. I you know, I wish I wish Rivian well. I hope I hope yeah. it works out. I I mean if they if they emailed me tomorrow and said, Hey, your your build slot's coming up. I'd probably just pass. Yeah, and say I'll I'll take my refund back and yeah, and we 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 my wife and I have kind of talked about that. Like again, that's the car that transports the kid, mm-hmm. the wife to work. Right. That's the heavy. Yeah. That's the heavy use. The machine. dogs. Mm-hmm. Like we don't we don't need headaches with that. Right. And, and we've both gone through beta. We've been through the beta testing. So right. I don't think we probably. 
yeah go for it which kind of yeah. sucks because it on paper it's like but i do think by the time we would be in the market for wanting one there would probably be a lot more options that's the nice thing it, it, we would have even considered an ix mm-hmm. and i did if like they weren't you, so ugly you and i we talked about it quite a bit <laughs> yeah and and to be honest with you it's possible in 10 years we may look back on that design and be like it's kind of like everybody they all look like it's that always going to be ugly well i'm just saying like <laughs> Well, well yeah, I'm they might all what, be ugly. Well, but, what I'm yeah, yeah, what I'm saying is like just nobody has grills anymore. Right, and they're just jarringly different. Yeah, right. And it's like they're just all kind of weird looking now. Yeah, you got to choose the one with the best interior because they all look weird. <laughs> <on the outside. laughs> like it may not matter, but yeah. at least right, I, at least right now, like I still yeah. like we we parked you know our X5, which is mm-hmm. you know in terms of design language quite ancient, mm-hmm. you know next to it, and we well, still looks good, it, and it's like I'd still rather have the, the X5. X5. Yeah, for sure. <laughs> I don't know. I'm, yeah. I usually I'm usually attracted to the, the new, new flashy whiz bang thing, but yeah. it's like I can't I can get excited about that. You know, the other week ago I actually saw Lucid. Oh, really? uh, In town. I don't know oh, if I cool. ever told you I, that. I, I think no. I forgot to text you, but it was kind of turning on to Circle Drive. I'll keep an eye out. Yeah, for yeah. And cool. I was just like, it was like, whoa, yeah. where the hell did that come from? I was like, I didn't, I haven't been following them. I didn't even know they were into production or delivering or where they knew. At. I knew they had delivered like the Founders Edition ones yeah. or whatever they're called. Which is, must be, must Like Dream like Edition? Some, I think it's the Dream Edition. Yeah, some maniac must have gotten on that. But I was just... Yeah. I don't know. It just it just gives me this like very interesting like like my mom and dad or my grandparents would have been really enthusiastic about it because mm-hmm. it kind of reminds them of a Buick with you know yeah. two tone and a lot of chrome and mm-hmm. I don't know. It's not it's not my style. No, of design I mean, I think language, the front's but... interesting because it's kind of like the French like a French style kind that's, of interesting that's a car. Good point. Yeah. The rear it looks like it's truncated because yeah. the rear glass goes back pretty far. And so it looks like there should be more rear rear to the car than there is. And and that being said, I mean, I am probably maybe it's because I'm I get comfortable, mm-hmm. and I'm like when the A7 came out, I did really didn't like that. Yeah. But then it was like at the year, it was like God, you know, damn it, they named that car of the year. Like we're gonna see more of this, and right. we do now. They're all kind of shooting brakes. Oh yeah, yeah. Everything is now. It seems like if you're like in high end, like a Model S right. or a right. Taycan or something, right? You know? so, right? Yeah, it's it's like a it's a cool style, but it's only of like a you're not going to see yeah. a Ford shooting brake. Yeah, <laughs> probably not. Yeah. Um, <laughs> no, I'm with you on the Rivian, man. Like I, I'm glad that we Emily and I are in a space where like we've got a relatively you know, it's five years old now, but like very nice, reasonably low mileage SUV that does what we need it to do. My daily driver is reasonably low mileage, does what we need it to do. So like I can wait and see how yeah, this plays that, out a bit. That's, that's, I think, we're going to probably take the same approach. We, you know, picked a conservative car with the X5 and a hybrid. Mm-hmm. But uh, man, that thing, it's really just worked. Perfectly. Well, it's cool. You, you know, your wife drove in while we were out here recording, and like it must have been on EV mode because yeah, like, it's silent. It and really honestly, cool. we can really run like around town, pretty much like two to three errands a day in EV mode. Yeah. So it's honestly it's for where a, we live in the upper spot. Midwest, it's a sweet spot. 
you know for and if your lifestyle involves road tripping yeah i just the 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 charging infrastructure is not there i mean we one of the reasons we entertain the rivian is that 300 mile range is within the limits of where we would need to go probably even in winter time mm-hmm. and not need to screw around with charging yeah but if it was another like 200 250 i wouldn't even entertain it at this point because I feel bad because I'm sure, like, there's a lot of people who are, like, gas is really expensive, even if it's just that, not even, like, the, you know, the world seems like it's on fire, like, I don't care about that, gas is expensive, I'd like to buy one of these. I just, I'm nervous that a lot of people are going to have bad experiences with the charging. We we kind of, with the e-tron, which never had great range, it didn't matter because there just weren't many EVs on the road when we bought that, Mm -hmm. but we we kind of wanted to check out because I basically watched it over three or four years and nothing really changed in our state. A few things, like a few token chargers got added, but they were like 50 kilowatt. And it's like, that's our our asses are sitting there for hours waiting for that thing to finish. Like that's not going to work. Right. And and then it's like, we, we have a, a reasonable size battery pack, a Hummer that pulls up, Oh yeah, does not have a reasonable size battery pack. No, that's enough. That asshole's going to five be hours charging, yeah. and it's like this. This is this is a slow motion train oh, wreck yeah. that's going to happen. And we were like, we're not, yeah. we're not going to be, we're yeah, not going to, we're not going to do that For phase now. of this. Yeah, right. You know, we're going to wait until we can get a car with the the range that we need. Mm-hmm. That even if it degrades over five to seven years, we're still in our window of what we need utility yeah for kind of our local let's say like the the five percent year trips yeah you know the one percent where it's like okay i want to drive this thing arizona i actually would feel pretty comfortable doing that right now with the electrify america network it would be Mm -hmm. fine like that would be fine it's really just in in the state of minnesota we don't we have there was announcements to add several ea chargers up in the twin cities right now there's one on the east side and that's it mm-hmm. and um and that thing's gotten busier and busier as the Machis came out the id4s that's the problem now is the, the rivians the, the, the take rate of, of evs we, is is it is outpacing the charging outpacing the infrastructure. you know and like we we live in a house and so you can I can monkey night. with my like my electrical stuff and have people add stuff and do all sorts of crazy things. Do that if you're in an apartment. Not always. Like no. if you don't have it, you could the own. Okay. That, yeah. So those people like parking your car. Yeah, uh-huh. you can't charge your. Yeah. Car. So those people are going and they're gonna you know they need to charge once a week and they're gonna occupy a space. Yeah. And it's like a gas station in the Twin Cities. It's bananas. Right. Like, yeah, it's it's gonna piss people off. It's even it's worse than that because it's you have one gas station. That car is still gonna be only there for maybe a minute. Yeah. Whereas if you're you have one EV charger, and gas stations get backed up even now, and people even forget then. about gas. Yeah. And they fuel quick. Yeah. So like. Yeah. It, the the just, only real I, I have heard rumblings that the you know because of the infrastructure package and everything that the Tesla network will get opened up. Right. That's your main way around it. But I would say, if I was a Tesla owner, I'd be a little bit pissed off because it's yeah. like, I bought this car so that I could have access to this great network, right. and now well, all these clowns are showing right. up. We talked about that on a previous show. Like That was a, a huge 
That's a huge advantage for yeah. Tesla, and and then it's going to be. So the only you're way have an ID four taking up a yeah the only the only way I can think they're going to get around it is they're going to just crank stations out. Yeah, and they're just going to basically be like the BP and mm-hmm. or whatever, and the Phillips, and it's mm-hmm. going to be like God, these are just everywhere. Yeah, and then people are going to it's going to be great marketing. People are going to stop. They're going to look at the cars and be like. Yeah, I should get one of these. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> you know? No, I know. Why, why is yours just charging? Mine's throwing all sorts of air. <laughs> yeah, yeah, like, yeah, yeah. All right, I'm going to just get a Tesla. You know, so. <laughs> well, I, the, there's one other thing I want to mention this week, and I think it'd be, you can't really talk about this week in cars without mentioning Monterey Car Week, which is is on a bucket list. for. It is on my bucket list to attend. You know, it's Concourse Delegate, Quail Gathering. There's all these events in Monterey this week. And it's interesting because a lot of, I just saw Geneva Motor Show was canceled again this year. Oh, a lot of these, stuff yeah, still? supposedly. Mm-hmm. A lot of these motor shows, <laughs> some similar things happen in the world of video games, like big, like E3, which was a big, you know, video game. That's, you know. Maybe it's just done. So I think a lot of these big, Motorsports, you know, the Detroit Motor Show and all these big motor shows. I think car makers, manufacturers are going away from that. And they're going to events like Monterey Car Week and Goodwood Festival Speed. True. To debut their new interesting cars. Because you can see them in motion. You can, you yeah. know, it's much more. Yeah, that's true. And so Monterey, what, but it struck me and it, and it, I was a little sad because. I figured maybe it's just me getting old. Um, but one thing that struck me is a lot of the announcements this week coming out of Monterey weren't, hey, check out this new, you know, Ferrari sports car that if you, you know, work hard, it's at a price point where if you work hard and are successful, you could maybe get one of these. It could be a dream car for you if you're 16 and like a car nerd, like I was, at, you know, when I was 16. This week they've debuted uh, the Bugatti Chiron. I think it's called the Mistral, which is basically the convertible Chiron. It's the last Bugatti that's going to have the W16 before they go to an electric. Um, they debuted the Bentley Batour, which is like this two or three million pounds. I think it's a two million pound, basically Continental GT with some different bodywork. The McLaren Solus, which is a track-only single-seater race car, essentially, that looks like an LMP car. Basically, all these, the big debuts from the week were cars that have a production of, like, less than 100. What's the point? I can't get excited about anything. Even if I had $2 million to spend, they're already sold to their best, the best Bentley customer, the best McLaren customer. So, who are these for? Who gives a shit? I don't even think we're their audience. Like, but the thing is, who is their audience? Like, the same hundred people that buy every single five million pound hypercar that comes out? Like, Must what's be. the point? I don't know. It, it's really, it, I, I don't want this to be like a negative thing, but it is kind of negative. It, I feel like there's, you know, the cars, there weren't a ton of these sort of, like, yeah, the manufacturers have gotten a little bit cynical because they know that they can think, build 50 yeah. of anything. Price it at five million dollars yeah, and sell it. I think it might. I I do honestly think probably the root cause of this 
at the end of the day is probably the concentration of wealth yeah in the world i think that's what it is yeah i think that's it's just it, it wasn't always like this and um you know there's probably maybe to because you know mclaren i guess is a scenario where it's it's not really affordable to most people at all right yeah and um you know but Mercedes, you know, if they came out and did some kind of crazy Halo car, it's like, well, we'll put it in a few showrooms and people can get crazy excited about it and right. then they'll, you know, buy the the version, the right. car that you can afford. Right. The S- so, like, the maybe, but at this level, I just frankly, I don't think the audience, yeah. I mean, you choose to partake and mm-hmm. view it, but yeah. um, kind of like, to your point, I, I, I don't really have any interest in it. Yeah, so just, that gives it it doesn't. I'm thinking. I'm trying to think of the have a drift car, you know, and want to have a drift car. None of these cars. Yeah, I mean, it's like you have to be a fortune. As I was on you for the podcast, like, like you got to be a fortune hundred CEO, drug kingpin, or a you know dealer to be able to fit anything. Any of yeah, these yeah, exactly. Yeah, it's, it's like crazy. it's yeah, it's yeah of that concentration of wealth. There's actually any positivity to it. Yeah, yeah. Not as much as you'd like to think. Yeah. Know. So you know, Monterey Car Week is still something I would love to go see. Yeah. Mainly because of the Pebble Beach. Of like it. Yeah. But it's not the hypercars or the new crazy stuff. Like I want to go to see yeah. the perfectly restored 63 Ferrari, you know. Yeah, that would be a lot of fun to see. And I think from that perspective, seeing kind of the almost museum artwork pieces, right, like a Da Vinci, would be a lot of fun. That's the, and that's, I think, you know, some of those cars, that's the only time they come out every year. Yeah, but these announcements, I mean, like, we've even talked about, like, why bother discussing them on the podcast anymore, because they're just... yeah. They're just silly, and some of them end up being vaporware. Yeah. Anyways. Well, yeah, know. yeah. I mean, Di Tommaso had their P seventy two there, and it's like they've been talking about that car for years. Like, you know, I will say one car that I was interested in, uh, and I don't want to belabor it because we've been going on a bit, but the uh, the new GT three RS got announced. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Um, and all I'll say about it, you can go look it up online. It's it's got about eight more horsepower than than uh, the engine that's in the 992 GT3. It's mainly aero improvements, which is what we had suspected based on the spy shots. It's incredible technology. I'm glad I bought the one I did. Yeah. Because this thing is so track-oriented. It's It's got an even stiffer suspension, which is kind of what I suspected, because you with all that downforce, you've got to have a stiffer suspension so that it doesn't just get collapsed at high speed when you have that thing that's like 1,600 pounds of downforce or something like that. Jeez. At 177. <laughs> um, but you need to... So it's stiffer than my that car, which insane. my car is pretty stiff. That would not it, be pleasant in it has, roads. It has no front. So it has basically the only luggage storage in the entire car is whatever you can fit on the shelf behind the roll bar. Um, so like going to Road America in that car would not have been really possible for me because I couldn't have fit my little overnight bag in the back. So, I mean, it is a track weapon, which is cool. It's the pinnacle. It's the pinnacle. I get it. But 
In terms yeah. of if you want to use this in any sort of daily usability, not daily, but yeah, a reasonable like public road, public usage. road kind of usage. It's not for that. That's what the GT3 and Andreas Preininger was interviewed in some of the videos I watched on it. He basically said like this is for the track rats. Yeah. Like if you wanna if you want something that you're gonna drive routinely on the roads, that's what the GT3 is for. And that's kind of what we suspected. Yeah. But it made me glad I got the one. Yeah, hundred percent. Quite yeah. honest. Yeah, because you can still kind of you know celebrate that motorsports history of Porsche right. and and but use it in the, the environment that we live in. Right, and that's the thing is it I, might be different if you know we live like we live four four and a half down. hours from the closest yeah. racetrack. Yeah, so. if they were down the road and it was a you know forty minute drive, it could be a lot of fun. Yeah, but that's, that's not, not our case. situation. Yeah. So, anyways, I don't want to I don't want to kind of end on a downer with the Monterey car week stuff. But I, I just had that thought, and I wanted to kind of mention it of like, I don't know who this is for anymore because because it's it's one thing to say it's a four million dollar car, five million dollar. That's crazy enough. But then you're like, oh, and by, by the way, they're already sold. So we're just showing it to you because we think it's cool, I guess. You know, like, why are you even ever... It's like, I've never understood why McDonald's spends so much on advertising. Everyone knows McDonald's. Yeah. You don't need to advertise your fries anymore. Yeah, like, they taste good. If everything's already sold, why are you still advertising <laughs> it? It doesn't make sense to me. Yeah. yeah. That's, that's a very yeah. good point. Yeah. But anyways, <laughs> so that's a bit all we have for this week. Uh, we'll be back in a couple weeks. But thank you all so much for listening. Um, check us out on Instagram at the Blowoutfell Podcast. Uh, be sure to subscribe to us um, and rate us on iTunes, Podbean, wherever you get your podcasts. And uh, we'll see you all in a couple weeks.